welcome to Book World, The Great Escape. I'm author CJ Peterson. My co-host over here is author Michael Scott Clifton. Um, we are pre-recording today, so if you ask any questions, please don't be offended if we don't answer them or if you don't show your comments. Um, we're not here. We are figments. This is, we are not the co-host you're looking for. Um, <laughs> we will be here, though, back next week for um, another special that we're going to be talking about what's going on in our lives and kind of get to meet, you know, the co-hosts and find out what's going on and who we are and what we do, because we've been able to interview lots of other people, but not really ourselves. So we're going to kind of interview sort of each other next week. So it'll be kind of fun and get to know us and you can ask questions because it should be live. Um, but today we're going to be talking about dialogue tags. Before we get there, Mike, how was your weekend? Well, I had a great week. Um, I did a book promo uh, with written word, which okay. I don't think I've ever done anything like that before. And uh, Pringle Prawn is my latest book. I released it about two months ago. And um, much to my surprise and happiness, uh, it became the number one. It was at, for, for about three or four days, it was the number one um, fantasy, magical, you know, uh, magical fairies, magical mythical creatures in three, two different categories, uh, fantasy and as number one. And then um, uh, in an urban in urban fantasy, uh, it was number two. I never did get number three, but in other words, I had three uh, three genres related to Pringle Prawn, the writing of Pringle Prawn. I uh, was number one, number one, and number two. And I have never had a book do that. I've got as high as number ten. A number 10 ranking, but I've never had a number one best. I've never been on the number one bestseller list for those particular genres. And uh, yeah, I was very happy to say the least. It was uh, Congratulations. a moment for me. Sure yeah, it's kind of nice to actually hit number one once in a while. Um, I have four of them that have hit number one. So it's a nice feeling. So welcome to the club, and I'm super excited for you. Congratulations. Well, really you. glad. Uh, Pringle Prawn. I have it. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I'm super excited to read it maybe on our break. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm super excited for you. Yay. Thank you. Yeah. It was, like I said, it was one of those where you're walking in the clouds. You know, I have I was, I nev never had a clue. I'm surprised. Your, yeah. your books are really good. You've never had any of them hit number one? Well, no, I've had, like I said, I've had them. In the top 100, a number of times I've had one get as high as as uh, top 10, mm -hmm. but I never dreamed I'd I'd get number one in uh, dragons and mythical creatures, urban fantasy. Um, I, you know, I just never. I, I if I would have got in the, you know, just getting to the top 100 would have been, you know, I would have thought, hey, that's great, mm -hmm. but to to be have the number one bestseller in two different categories and number two in the third. No, I never, I never thought that would happen, but. I'm um, super proud of you. I'm very excited for you. I'm just really surprised because your books are really good. Hands down. I would have thought you had multiple. So congratulations. Yeah, I've, I had, you know, thousands of downloads. I, you know, if you look it on, so, <clears throat> and again, I had no idea. So um, anyway. And that know, was what, what did you send it through? It was a uh, written word, written word. Have, you know, they have uh, promo stacks now and I've never done one with them. And actually it's three different, it's promo stacks, but it was, it's in three different 
um, spread across three different types of promos in th with three different types, like it was e-reader news, free booksy, and what was the third one? Um, Hello Books, which I think is uh, exposes you to audiences overseas, like in Great Britain. Oh, yeah. nice. Uh, yeah, so, but uh, I think that's the case. Well, very cool. I'm super excited for your congratulations. And now we have a new outlet to look at for future promos. There you go. Very cool. Um, so are you done with your book shows and stuff for the year? Yes. Uh, we did the Longview Art Walk last week. <clears throat> and, um, you know, and, and that's pretty much going to be it. Um, we pick up, do you know, as you well know, CJ, I do a lot of Comic Cons. And uh, they'll do other uh, book events, but we we do a lot of comic cons. But those usually don't get started rolling till late spring, early summer, and uh, and fall. And so they'll we'll have two or three months, you know, before things release. Uh, I did sign up for the Little Rock uh, anime. Uh, yeah. You've been to an anime comic con or conference before, and so that'll be in Little Rock. I think the first or second week of February. Well, um, ours are done for this year. Our first one will be the first weekend in May. We're doing Brazoria Comic-Con in Lake Jackson. Um, so we're helping run that Comic-Con, and then that's going to start our season right off from there. Um, we, I know we have Comic-Con in March. We may have one at the end of February. I need to get a hold of the Comic-Con coordinators and see if he wants us to cover it or not for Magic Making Mischief. Um, but other than that, I was in the hospital this weekend. Uh, almost... So Barely made it to this one. We just got out yesterday, so I'm home today. I was there from Thursday night to last night, yesterday. So um, not everything's 100%, but it's stable. So, you know, we're getting, we're, we're making sure to talk to you guys and make sure that you guys are taken care of as far as your book world. That's well, I'm glad you're feeling better, CJ, because I know that was a scary experience. Yeah, it's it's not fun, and I hate hospitals. Um, I'm still on a liquid diet, so like I have to puree my food. Oh gosh! Yum! Stop. Uh, oh, <laughs> I was on a liquid. I was in clear liquids for a little while, then I was liquid. Now I'm on liquids, and then I moved to soft, and then I moved to regular food later. So yeah, hopefully by the end of the week, I can actually eat a lasagna or something. You know, that would be nice. But we'll see. It's fine. Um, so been catching up on a lot of work throughout the thing. Um, pretty excited. We have a lot of things going with Magic Making Mischief. One of them being next week is kind of a special, so I'll make sure to announce it here. We're having Kevin Sorbo on at 1030 oh. on Magic Making Mischief on the 20th of December. And that is live, so you can feel free to tune in and ask questions. That's um, awesome. Excited. He's a really nice guy. I'm very honored that he was able, he was willing to come on our podcast with us. So that's going to be at 1030. Um, we'll have it on YouTube, on Mombies and my YouTube, so CJ Peterson on your YouTube, as well as on Facebook Live, um, on our Facebook group, which is Magic Making Mischief. So we're super excited. He's a really nice guy. He I is. Got, got a chance to meet him several years ago at the Tyler Comic Con, and uh, he came by my booth with his son. His mm -hmm. son is like a foot taller than mm -hmm. Serbo, Kevin Serbo, and... Uh, Anyway, his son's, you know, looks like he, you know, maybe plays a little basketball. I don't know. But, it, but uh, yeah, he's a really nice guy. Congratulations for getting him on your show. 
Yeah, no, we're really excited. I was a, I was at, I ran two Comic Cons that he was at. So, um, just did we did first come at Conroe. He was there, and I ran that Comic Con, and we just did Brazoria Comic Con in the fall, and he was at that one as well. So I helped run that. So I said, hey, we got a podcast. Come join us. So yeah, super excited. It's fun. So that's gonna be next Wednesday at ten thirty a.m. New time, different time for. Magic making mischief, um, just because of his schedule. So it'll be at 10:30 a.m. the 20th of December. So today we're going to be talking about something that's a little bit fun: um, dialogue tags. Before we dive into it, though, I do have to say my editor sometimes says that said kind of tunes out people tune out the word said a lot, so it's okay to say said a lot. Um, however, for me, it's almost like a machine gun in my brain every time I hear it, especially like on an audible. Can you imagine hearing said, 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 said on an audible? That's why I absolutely love dialogue text. It lets me evade the said and handle it a different way. So, Mike, definition of a dialogue tag. It's um, <clears throat> it's what you use either to precede dialogue um, to break up dialogue from one piece to another or follow dialogue. Mm -hmm. And generally it's something like he said, she said, or he replied, she replied. And it come it can come again before, during, or after the dialogue. Mm -hmm. And um, and it tell it gives the reader the, the purpose of the dialogue tags is so the reader knows who's speaking and who's talking, who's who's saying the dialogue. Uh, and that is very basic element. That's that's the main reason dialogue tags exist. So a reader knows who the character is that's speaking. Mm -hmm. The other thing we talked about before is the dialogue meet, which you said was kind of like a first cousin. I would kind of more compare it to like a sibling. Yeah. To me, they go hand in hand. And again, love these guys actually more than I like the dialogue tags. What's a dialogue meet? Dialogue dialogue beats are are actually their, their actions mm -hmm. that the character takes again before, during, or after uh, a character uh, is, is speaking. So an example we used when we were talking before the podcast started is uh, Frank set the book down. What are you talking about? Well, who's speaking? Frank is. He's the one that put the book down. That's the dialogue that precedes what Frank said. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, uh, and again, you could use dialogue beats during or after, um, you know, dialogue as well. I personally prefer dialogue beats whenever possible because they allow a writer to display action of some kind, an act or action of the, act, of the, of the character instead of just simply saying said, reply, whatever. And that makes your writing more active. You can't always use it, but whenever you can, I, I think it's a good idea because you're doing the same thing you would with a dialogue tag. You're identifying who the character is that's speaking, but you're also giving a clue as to what they're doing, either before, during, or after you know the dialogue is 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 you know done. So I think it's it, I, I think it makes writing more active. That's my view of it. Yep, and you can also use instead of said, 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 explained, um, challenged. Um, there's all sorts of other words that you can use besides said. And like I mentioned earlier, mentioned, um, 
my editor drives her crazy because I do use these instead of said all the time. She goes, said will just blend in. And, and I'm like, I can't imagine that happening though when you're listening to it on like ACX or something. I said, because after a while it would start to hit you in the head. It was said, said, so-and-so said, so-and-so said, so-and-so said, so-and-so said. Now you don't even have to always use the dialogue beats no. or or the dialogue tags, especially if it's just two of them, you can kind of just bounce them one after the other and then kind of occasionally toss in a dialogue beat or right. dialogue tag so they're still following along. Usually when I change pages, I make sure to do that at least once at the top if they're, if they're having a long conversation. I think, you know, that as, you know, writers and authors, you have to give your readers credit to a certain, you have to give them some credit on to follow the back and forth conversation or dialogue between, particularly, as you said, uh, CJ, between two characters. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, let's say you start, you know, character A says this, do you need to say character B replied and then the dialogue? And and I would argue that you don't, mm -hmm. because if if character one has has made has made a statement or, or ask a question, it's obviously going to be answered by character two since right. you've only got the two characters exchanging the dialogue or the, you know, the speaking back and forth. And um, I've used this example before, but James Patterson is like, if you've ever read any of James Patterson's books, two things should leap out at you immediately. Number one, short, short chapters. I've seen some chapters that are less than a page long and before he goes to the next chapter. Seriously. This, yes. The second thing is okay. that you, Hold on. with that, isn't there like pages and pages of just chap chapters? Because yeah. like you may have 150 chapters, but the book count, the word count may, may not be more than 60 or 70,000 words, but it looks like it's a much bigger book because of that. That would drive me crazy. But he kind of gets some of that back because the second thing, you know, you notice about Patterson's books is that he uses very few. And I mean, he is he is very uh, stingy in using dialogue tags or dialogue beats. So mm -hmm. when he starts and when and, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's normally just two characters that are, you know, that are within this, that particular chapter or section of the book. So he'll start off with character A, and he'll and then he'll be answered by character B. Then character A answers, and not one time from the top of the page to the bottom of the page, do you have a single dialogue tag or dialogue beat? In other words, it's just a tit for tat back and forth between these two characters, with no no dialogue tags and no dialogue beats. I find it easy to read, but I know it drives other folks crazy because, you know, but it's, again, if, I mean, you have to give, I think that you, as a author, as a writer, you have to give readers some credit to follow back and forth conversations or dialogue in a book. Now, I, I know that you can take it too far and maybe Patterson does to a point, I, I don't know, but by the same token, Think about that in, in terms of how fast the action can be, how, how crisp the dialogue can be if you're not interrupting it 
with an unnecessary dialogue tag or a dialogue beat. And I think that just makes it a little bit more exciting for a reader to follow. Yes and no. Like you said, you can sometimes you can get lost where you have to go back and start counting back where who was that or something. Because sometimes you get like you're reading that, yeah. or you're reading too slow. My question is what happens, for example, when the dialogue goes one paragraph longer than the next? Do you know what I mean? Like if you have like a two paragraph dialogue and you haven't explained who's talking, does that mess up your reader? If I'm understanding you right, I would say yes, yes. Um, and I think that, you know, you know, there's occasions where you've got character A saying a lot, and it may be a paragraph or more. Um, but again, if depending on how many characters you have involved in a scene or setting that you're describing, uh, if there's only two, and you know you have a response from character B. It's pretty evident to the reader who's speaking next. Mm -hmm. See, it, I can't have that because my books have a lot of characters, so I just. Well, you. I mean, you have to. If I mean, again, it it depends on the, the, the scenes and the characters. If you have multiple characters like you do, CJ, yes, you could soon get confused as to who's saying what if you're not, you know, a, a supplying a dialogue tag. A dialogue beat for the, for example, the third character that enters a conversation between character A and character B. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I do have a question though. How does that work for like, is are his books mainly dialogue driven? Is that the idea? Um, he had well, no, he has got scene description. He's got pretty apt scene description, uh, but. But he, you know, you know, it is, the, the books I like by Patterson the best are the Alex Cross books. Alex Cross is, uh, you know, is the main character. Some of his famous or more popular books were Along Came a Spider, Kiss the Girls. They made movies out of them. They were bestsellers. And a lot of times you have Alex Cross, his character, uh, in a room or in a situation with only one other character. So it makes it easy to do that. Now, you know, often if you get in the room full of like, you know, half a dozen or more people, you know, it goes, it resembles more like a book, at, for example, like you're a CJ, where you have multiple characters within a setting. But often I'm saying he he doesn't have that situation. It's, you know, it's 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 cross and whoever the other character uh, he's he's working with at the time in the story, so uh, or an investigation, I should say. So that makes it easy. Yeah, that's cool. That's kind of cool. So which do you prefer? The tag, the dialogue beats. Well, that <clears throat> and dialogue versus like dialogue driven versus um, setting driven instead of like dialogue driven. You know what I mean? It's more action. It's right. more which one do you prefer, dialogue-driven book or the other? So in, <clears throat> so I prefer dialogue-driven um, a story. Mm -hmm. Okay, rather the because um, I think that's it makes it easier to show rather than tell. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're doing like you know we both write fantasy, world building's huge in in fantasy in, in fantasy. 
and uh, you 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 do have to spend some time, you know, world building, explaining mm -hmm. the world to the readers. <clears throat> but um, I think you can tell the story through you, the character's eyes with dialogue that is much more active and crisp than having to try to explain it in a separate paragraph where, you know, um, the, the, the description is supplied basically by, you know, the, the author saying what the setting is, you know, describing the room they're in. You still need that. I mean, I'm not saying you don't, you still have to have that, but I, I, I actually don't, I prefer not to use dialogue tags if I can help it mm -hmm. simply because I think it makes writing more active. And I think that the dialogue beats are more in terms of the way I write. I like to use them more often when I do have to identify a speaker because I can, I can describe an act that they're doing followed by the dialogue or say I have the dialogue in front again, before, during, or after. And it it adds, you know, it's added description that is, as we all know, don't tell, you show. You know, worst mistake an author can make is telling not showing. So that's that's a form of, of showing and not telling. Well, and it, it keeps the action going as right. opposed to having to stop and they said and she said and he said and... Yeah. And it gets repetitive. It does. Or replied. You know, that's another one you see. He replied. She replied. Uh, replied. Challenge. Explain. Yeah. Yeah. Exclaimed. There's there's all sorts of various ones that you can use for dialogue tags. Um, but if you can actually use a dialogue beat instead and still project what you're trying to do, it allows your action to continue on without. Exactly. The that's that's right. You're exactly right. And uh, it, like I said, I think it makes writing, it makes uh, authors, it makes the writers, um, they're writing more active because they're describing an act. What is the character doing? Character does this followed by the dialogue. Character has dialogue followed by, you know, a dialogue beat, an act. And uh, it's not always easy to do, and it's not always appropriate. I mean, it depends on what the author's characters are doing at the time, you know, uh, what they're involved in, because you do have to use dialogue tags uh, and dialogue beats mm -hmm. sometimes, uh, you know, in situations that, you know, because of the way the writing or what the characters are doing at the time, you know, you can't always use a dialogue beat. You can always use a dialogue tag. Um, you can't always ignore them and do the James Patterson thing where you start with character A and just go back, 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 back and forth all the way to the bottom of the page. <laughs> I think I think the dialogue beats are a more creative way to continue the storyline. And that's one of the reasons why I really like I really like them. I like them more than I like the dialogue tags. Right. And I like dialogue tags a lot as long as it's not said, 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 said. And one thing of you know, a comment here which pretty much pertains to anything we've covered from first podcast of book world to now to however many in the future. Do not use what a best-selling author does as your rule of thumb. Okay. Well, they don't use dialogue tags or, you know, they, they break the rules of writing all the time. You know, they're telling, they're not showing and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, all I can say to that is, 
anyone out there watching, when you become a best-selling author, you can do it any way you want to, you know, uh, and probably the rules won't apply. You know, uh, I've read many a best-selling author in all different kinds of genres that if we were critiquing their work, okay, uh, we would go through and it would be a sea of red ink because, you know, they're, you know, they're, you, they're breaking all the rules. We are told that as a writer and as authors, you know, we're not supposed to do. So just thought I'd throw that in there just in case, you know, since, well, so-and-so does this all the time. Well, why don't, what's the problem if I'm doing telling all the time instead of showing or, you know, that sort of thing. So. I kind of go with a theory of, as, um, Captain Jack Sparrow, they're really guidelines rather than rules. Um, that's that's kind of my theory, how I deal with a lot of the rules. Um, but like he said, from all of our podcasts from here to now, each author is different. Each author has their own style. They have their own flavor. They have their own way of writing. And that's what makes each of us unique. As we said before in different podcasts, we can be given, like we talked about C.W. Hawes a couple weeks ago, where it was like we can all be given a picture. And this one picture, which we did because you were probably on the grand authors at the time, and each person had to write an individual short story on this picture. None of them were the same because we're all different. We have all, we see the world all differently. And it takes all different colors to make, you know, the rainbow of colors that we've got in, in the prisms and stuff. And that that's also what we're saying is that everything is different. Um, dialogue tags allow you to keep the action flowing, though. And you, you can utilize dialogue tags. You can utilize dialogue beats. You can, you know, utilize all sorts of various things and tools that we've talked about on here. In so many different ways. And that's the beauty of the book world. That's the beauty of the writing world is that no one is wrong and no one is, I mean, some of them are wrong. They're, they're wrong, but very rarely are, if you put your whole heart into it, are, is it going to be quote unquote wrong versus right? Well, the, uh, whole, the whole purpose again of dialogue tags and dialogue beats is so that the reader knows who's speaking who the dialogue is coming from mm -hmm. and um so you know it's not that necessarily that you want to break the rules or that you can break the rules but but as we say and in, in the critique group i belong to we've we've said this once we said it a thousand times if you know the rules mm -hmm. it's okay to break the rules mm -hmm. if it makes that particular phrase or sentence or act that you're describing more active if it makes it sharper and clearer and more powerful then yeah you just can't do it every single page and every single paragraph you know um, um one of my favorite examples is the use of the word that mm -hmm. so if you gave an author a writer a choice you can either have a grammatically perfectly grammatically correct book pick mm -hmm. the genre okay or if you can have a best-selling book, which mm -hmm. would you choose? Mm -hmm. And I think 99.9% .9 of anyone watching the podcast now or in the future would say, obviously, a bestseller. Well, mm -hmm. how do you get to bestseller status? Well, you got to have a good story, and you know, there's lots of elements to it. But the other thing is, whatever makes your writing more interesting and active, that's what you want to do. And um, 
and I've learned a lot. And CJ, I know you have as well. But my my journey to to writing was over many hills and valleys and mountains. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. You know, when I was in college, I made a C minus in English one, and I made a C minus in English two. And I've made this statement many times. I was prouder of those two C minuses than any A or B I ever made in any other class while I was in college because grammar did not come to me easily. And, and now look at now you have a best-selling book. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's it, through the efforts of lots of people and, you know, people, you know, like UCJ and others that I've learned from, mm -hmm. uh, but I found that those lessons that you tend to learn the best are the ones that come the hardest to you. And, and uh, I've learned the hard way on a lot of things, including dialogue tags. You know, you don't have to say he said, she say, said, he replied, she replied, he explained, she explained every time a character speaks uh, or you write dialogue for a character. You don't need it every single time. Exactly. Well, I know these sound somewhat like closing remarks, but that's because next week we have something that's a little bit different. So this is our last instructional one for the year. Um, <laughs> Coming up on season four, starting on January 3rd, we're going to go over the writer's purpose. We're going to find out exactly what is the writer's purpose for different aspects of writing um, from nonfiction to fiction. And I'm really excited to jump into that one. But next, we're going to be talking about our, our, our mine and Mr. Michael Scott Clifton over there, our upcoming projects. We both have a lot coming up. We have a lot going on and we'll catch you up on it and let you know what all is going on with that. In the meantime, remember to write with your style, write with your heart, and you probably generally cannot go wrong. In the meantime, we'll catch you guys next week. Same time, one o'clock Central Standard Time here on YouTube and on Facebook. We'll catch you next week. Bye.